Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Kevin, joined by Gordon, who is coming to us live from the cozy confines of a Marriott somewhere in Virginia, Maryland. Where are you exactly? Uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia, right outside the Shenandoah National State Park, or Nas- National State Park, just National Park. Uh, <laughs> got good internet in this hotel. Hopefully, I don't pixelate too much. The TVs here, though, do pixelate because there's no HD television. It's an SD television, which means I was watching NBA on TNT like it was a video game. It was not fun to watch, but we're here going to a, going on a big hike later today after this pod. Jojo right now, though, is running to James Madison's campus to sneak onto mm. their track to do a workout. Just a oh, little wow. perspective on relationship. She's going to do a track workout right before we do a seven-hour seven hike. And I'm just doing mm-hmm. a podcast before a seven-hour hike. So one is a lot more fitter than the other, clearly. Well, physical exercise, mental exercise. I mean, people say yes. 40 to 45-minute podcasts are the equivalent to a, a track workout for your vocal cords, maybe? I don't know. No one says that. What's the What's the latest? I know we're going to talk about making some predictions for 2021 and the women's running events in the Olympic trials, but what's... What's the latest here on this NCAA stuff that your your favorite topic, Board of Governor meetings, uh, aren't of, really producing much? Well, yesterday during the pod, we said that was the day, the D-Day. A week before that, we thought that was a D-Day, and they punted to yesterday. And then yesterday punted to apparently today, this morning. And this morning, they're probably on central time, so it's only 9.20 central time for them. They're going to make an announcement uh, and... I don't know, man. They're probably going to kick the can again. So I'm sick of trying to think about whether or not they're actually going to make an announcement about whether NCAA cross-country is happening. I mean, it's all centered around football. Uh, I had a a, a big-time track coach text me thinking it's going to be – it's not happening, you know, and that, you know, this whole, like – we talked about it, the Power Five trying to maybe do their own thing. Like if the NCAA does cancel – Will SEC, ACC, Pac-12 be like, hey, let's do our own championships, you know? So it'll be interesting. And even if that does happen, it'll be interesting to see if those Power Fives, if like Arkansas or like Oregon or Colorado waste a year of eligibility to win a Pac-5, a a Pac-5, Power 5 title, right? Because yeah, would Arkansas want to, because they have a bunch of seniors. Arkansas is a good team. They have a bunch of Kenyan transfers. This this was their year to be potentially not just podium, but maybe challenge BYU and NEU. You know, I can imagine Arkansas be like, is it worth trying to win that? Like, we could just come back all firing on all cylinders in 2021. Right. So, I don't know. We'll find out. I'll keep refreshing my Twitter feed to find out when they're going to announce it. Hopefully, we can break news on the pod. That'll be pretty fun, right? So, I'll, well, keep, the, the, the good, I'll keep the Twitter feed updated. The good news is that... We do a daily podcast, so we even if this happens an hour after we get done recording or five minutes after we get done recording, we'll be able to break it down tomorrow. One bit of news that I thought that was significant in this whole picture was UConn canceling football, which that's the first FBS team to take that step. And I'm assuming them canceling football also means that they're canceling um, cross-country? They're canceling all fall sports. Is that safe to assume? 
Yes, that is safe to assume. Okay. Let me let me double check on that. I know we uh, we we talked about UConn specifically and their quest to save their their program, um, uh, their running programs, and they were able to save uh, two of the three indoor and outdoor. Well, I guess you could say five of the six if you're counting men's and women's. Um, actually, I'm looking at this. It looks just like. Does it look just like football? I'm not well, sure. The thing is, if 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 it's all fall sports, that means the Northeast men's region is now down to eight teams left mm-hmm. in their region that has about forty plus teams. There's only eight left to, that are still playing yeah. cross country. I mean, you mentioned before how this is just dis- as of now, right? The the cancellations are disproportionately geographically weighted to the to the northeast, but it is it is remarkable when you actually look at look at that. Um, yeah, what do you think? What school or, or conference do you think would be the 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 tipping point, the one that would have the most influence when it comes to other colleges? I mean, it's all any of the Power Five, right? That's the tipping point. Right. Mm-hmm. If one goes there, I'll go. Right. I mean, SEC is probably the only one that would stamp pat and be like, oh, we'll just, we'll just do an intramural league and just play each other football all the time because they just love football. But I don't know. I mean, we've been talking about this so much. I kind of just want to wait till we get an answer mm-hmm. so we can actually talk about definitive uh, realities as opposed to projected realities because we've been doing a lot of projecting of reality uh, lately on the pod. Would you agree? Yeah. 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 You did say well, rumor, about- didn't you say? We're, did you rumor about that to do Big that Ten? Prediction. Did you remember yeah. Big Ten's going to cancel? Where'd you? Get yeah, that I, I mean, I mean, from people, not not Your people sources. in the running world. Yeah, I'm not I'm not reporting this. Uh, but pe- people outside the running world, people outside the running world, were. I think they were saying of the Power Five, they would be the first one to withdraw. But just was it yesterday? They announced here's the Big Ten football schedule, conference only. Yeah. It's just. It's so confusing. I'm looking at the UConn release, and again, this happened just before we were recording, so I apologize for on the fly. It just says football, and it says it's canceled all competition for 2020 to 2021 uh, school year. So that would mean no spring season for them as well, too, in case they were thinking of a spring season. So, yeah, I mean, of the Power Five, I would think the Big Ten would be the first one to go. Remember when we were at indoors, right? It was Big Ten and ACC at the same time who – canceled first you know check this out uh this is yep was tweeted 20, 22 minutes ago by brett mcmurphy who works for a stadium he's a college football insider he wrote wisconsin says it's facing a revenue shortfall in the excess of a hundred million dollars best case scenario with a conference only schedule and limited capacity at home games wisconsin would still lose 60 to 70 million dollars in revenue so the school is now asking fans to donate to the Badger Legacy campaign. <laughs> so like we've been spending way mm. too much money as an athletic program on glitz and glamour and giant stadiums and brand new locker rooms and this, that, and the other thing. So uh, because of those decisions we made for the past 10 to 15 years, we're just going to ask people to donate more money to us. It's so stupid. Yeah. Sorry. That's, That's going to be a hard idea. sell. No, I'm going to say that's going to be a hard sell. We need to raise 60 to set. Maybe 
I don't know, maybe find five or six super rich people, but the average person who just wants the season tickets to, to cheer for their Badgers or whoever team, they are, you're right. Uh, 60, 70 million is a lot to ask for. All right, let's do, let's do more projection about the future, but grounded a little bit more in things that we're familiar with, and that's actual results on the track. We're talking about the women's running events for next year's Olympic trials. We had planned to do this pod on July 3rd, according to my notes, and then it got pushed back, it got pushed back. You kept wanting to do it. I kept saying, come on, Gordon, you got to wait. You got to wait for the perfect time. got to wait for the perfect time. And now, August 5th, the day is here for these predictions. How confident are you? And it's not the perfect time. Let's be honest. It's no, not I was kidding. Time. That was also sarcasm. Yes. <laughs> so what are we doing? We're, we're, we're predicting the Olympic trials top three. Is that what we're doing? Yes. Yes. So top three, we'll discuss other people who we think would be in the mix as well too. But we're just doing the women's running events we'll get to the other people later but with women's running events there's plenty to go on i'm going to start with ten let let's go ten thousand down to 100 and then we'll we'll mix the hurdles in there as well too and the steeple that so, yeah, good? so we'll only do run, we'll only do running events for this this one pod episode but one question is these picks that we're making on august 5th mm -hmm. of 2020 they're buying do we have to do we have to marry these picks? Is that the is that the rule? Like, can we divorce these picks in in May of 2021 once we realize yeah. how dumb we were in August of 2020? It's the eleven, the famous eleven, ten and a half month out forecast, right? That doesn't that doesn't mean we can't do a six month out forecast or a two month out forecast as well. Too, it's just what we feel right now. But you do get extra points if one of these picks now ends up hitting, especially if you go bold, which, you know, I don't know how bold you went here. There's not, there's not some patented yeah. Gordon r random picks here, which I was, I was, maybe I'll change it up. I maybe I'll change it up. Maybe it's a smoke. Oh, no, I, just, that I, just, I wrote down I, on the dock is not real. I do see, I do see one that's uh that's a patented Gordon pick, but anyway, 10,000. Let's start there. A lot of interesting candidates here because of the trials for the marathon didn't go the way of, of Sisson and huddle. So they will come back presumably and race. We also don't know which uh, of the 5,000 meter runners will run this as well. Now this comes in the trials. This comes before the 5,000. So you could do both, but if you're a 5,000 meter runner, primarily we don't know whether or not you would take a shot at the, at the 10,000. For the sake of my picks, I did not assume that Carissa Schweizer would run the 10,000. I just have her in the 5,000. If she does decide to do the 10,000, I would put her on the team. But as it is right now, I'm going to go with experience here. I'm going to go with Huddle, Sisson, and Emily Enfeld to get the three spots. Good. I like it. So... I'm going to start off with the bang, man. You ready for this bang I'm starting with? Well, I see What's your the picks. schedule? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm changing the picks already. I'm changing them already. Okay. So Huddle and Sisson are definitely making the team. They ran the marathon, didn't make it, and they are clearly the two best 10K runners, I think, in the nation almost 99% of the time. You know, So Huddle and Sisson, I think, will go 1-2 in any order. I don't know. doesn't matter. They'll go 1-2. Third place. So Emily Infeld will be the hot pick for third place. However, I can see Infeld 
maybe struggling with some injuries, not being there altogether because you know she, she's had a wild career, right? I mean, she has the mm-hmm. the, the bronze in what year was that? Twenty fifteen. 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 Yeah, and then she was gone. She didn't run for like a whole year or two. So I'm not sure. I, I don't really have a lot of trust in the health of Infeld. So I'm going with the wild card pick. I'm going with an athlete who sees the writing on the wall, right? And by the writing on the wall, she sees the event that she's currently in. The odds of her making the Olympic team are very extremely, most likely not going to happen. So therefore, she's going to plan ahead, and she's going to enter in this event, and she's going to be top three. And that athlete mm. is Ali Ostrander. And the Ali Ostrander will abandon the 3K steeple, run the 10K, and make the team. Wow. Okay, I like that pick. I like the strategy behind it because the steeple, spoiler alert, we're going to say it's going to be Frederick's, Coburn, Quigley in some order because it's going to be uh, for the next 20 years. But you got but so you also need to throw in there in terms of consideration, you know, you got to throw in Merrill Hall who's made teams before, right? You have to you have to consider what does someone like Rachel Snyder do you think she potentially gives it a shot in the 10,000 knowing that the 5,000 is so competitive? You know, Steph Bruce, Kellen Taylor, et cetera. There's a lot there. But I like the Oceaner pick. She didn't really – did she really even explore the 10,000 much when she was at, at Boise? I mean, it was she was really always focused on that that 5K steeple double, which you know, she won all those steeple titles, so it worked. And then it, you know the 5K was – icing on the cake at that point. And just to do that was, it was grueling, but yeah, I like that pick. I like that pick. I mean, in 2019, she ran a 3206. Mm-hmm. So in, in March, so that was, I think it was probably uh Stanford invite, but I mean, she's, she's run. I mean, her, her flat track PRs are 15, 16 in the 5k. Um, mm-hmm. And, 848 in the 3k so she has some speed yeah. you know i think in the strength of a steepler she's a 930 steepler i just think if you're a 930 steepler and you're going up against a bunch of 910 steeplers it's like what do you it's like 20 seconds but like in that 10k after the top two you know and if infeld is not 100 percent, there's a spot there to take and i just think that yeah i mean oceaner comes from that background of like grinding races i mean she was a mountain runner right when she was like 12 maybe not 12 but like she's running up mountains in high school and i think she's kind of built to be kind of a strength-based athlete and i think 10k is perfect for that so i i think maybe this is the the big jump she makes that's my thoughts another wild another wild card i'll throw out there is taylor werner of arkansas um obviously strong all the way down to, to the mile. We saw how well she did in cross country, but was good in the 10,000 as well too. She could factor in. It's going to be tough coming back after. Well, we don't know what the NCAA season is going to look like, but remember yeah. she ran super fast. She ran that super fast BU 5K, ran unattached. Otherwise, uh, she'd be at the top of the record books there. Um, right near the top and of also, the record books. You got to also mention the Hoke athletes, right? Kellen Taylor. And Steph Bruce, they oh, should I, be in the mix oh, as did. well. They were, oh, you did already? Right. Yeah, yeah. I think you were googling out ten k ten k pr. Oh, fine. okay. That's Sorry. Fine. Yeah, I was, I was, I was googling. Yeah, but anyway, I yeah. There's like seven to eight athletes, and I just think the wild cards, like you said, Taylor Warner, the collegiate wild card, and I think if Ostrander abandons the three k steeple, she could be a big wild card. 
So mm-hmm. we'll see. All right, let's go to the 5,000. Let's go to the 5,000 now, which this one, again, we don't know. We, we, we don't know who's going to be running the 15. We don't know who's going to be running the 10K. Um, the 1,500 comes before the 5K at the trials, but they overlap at the Olympics. So for the purposes of my picks, I assumed Shelby Houlihan is going to run the 1,500. And even if she does run the 5,000 in she Eugene, will take a spot. Right. And, and what we're picking here is who gets the spots. We're not necessarily picking who's going to finish one, two, three. What I think is going to happen, what I think is going to happen if you want me to go uh, zoom out here and, and just tell you how it's all going to go down, I think Safan Hassan is going to do the 510 double in Tokyo, which is going to open things up in the 15 for a run at gold for a lot of different women. Shelby Houlihan is one of them. You know, maybe, maybe Jerry in like June bumps into Pete Julian in the parking lot at Nike. And he's like, Hey Pete, how's it going, man? Oh, good, good. How's the, how's everything? How's the family? Good, good. So Safan Hassan, she's doing the five, the 15, the 10, and maybe Pete <laughs> Julian just does him a solid. Maybe Pete Julian lets him know, Hey, we're not going to tell anybody because this is track and field and nobody gets to know what anybody's running literally up until they show up on the start line. But I will tell you, Jerry, she's gonna do the five and the ten. So you can put, you know, your 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 big gun in the fifteen hundred and and have a run for gold. So I assume Shelby's not gonna run the fifteen or the five. I'm assuming Simpson only runs the five if she doesn't make the fifteen. But I'll let you make your picks first. Carissa Schweizer, L. Purier, and Shannon Roberry. And thank God Ooh. this podcast got delayed a month. Because if I did this podcast a month ago, she would not have been even in my mind. But when you run 840 and then a 403, that's just that's that's good enough to be top three. And I think Shannon Robey also has the experience. Champion, I mean, she's made so many world teams, Olympic teams. This will be her her swan song. I mean, maybe not. I mean, maybe she's going to be able to get hold on till Eugene at least. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think Roberry is back, and uh, I think she's needs to be considered in the same like veteran category that we look at Jenny Simpson uh, based on where she is right now as running 403 and 840. So Roberry, Perrier, and Schweizer. I don't know the you order. The benefit- I'm not going to predict the order. Well, Schweizer, I think, is the big favorite. You have the benefit there of the the recent results. When we were going to do this exercise the first time, it was right after Cranny ran the 1448, which who would have had Cranny on their team? But my initial notes had Schweizer, Purrier and Cranny, you know, Purrier could make a run on that 15 though as well, too. We saw how fast she ran that indoor mile. So it's not a it's not a lock, but I'm gonna say that she just misses in the 15 and then comes back in the five. And I'm gonna keep those three. I'm gonna keep Schweizer, Purrier, and Cranny there. I mean, Schneider's gonna be in the mix. Uh Vanessa Frazier, if she gets healthy, is gonna be in the mix. And of course, Robray's gonna be gonna be right there. Do you have any any wild cards in this one? I mean, Infeld, if she doesn't make the 10K, uh, Huddle or Sisson, if they don't make the 10K, right? Like, it could be a 10K casualty yeah. who shows up and runs a fast five. Uh, Danny Jones is so, uh, a thought. What yeah. You say? I was going to say there's a scenario where we could have a five a 5K apocalypse, a five apocalypse where. Mm, this, yeah, I was thinking about this the other day too. 
did we talk about this on the show? So here's no. the chaos scenario for the five. Here's the chaos scenario for the women's five thousand. Huddle and Sisson for some reason don't make it in the ten thousand. Houlihan and Simpson either opt to not run the fifteen and just and run the five, or for some reason there's a fall, something goes crazy, and they both don't make it in the fifteen hundred. So then you have Huddle, Sisson, Houlihan, Simpson, Schweizer, and who else? Everybody else, pretty much. Furrier. Thrown in there in the Furrier. Yeah, Furrier. Yeah, right. In the in, in the five thousand, all fighting for three spots. That's the complete chaos scenario uh, in the women's five thousand. I don't think they're going to get that many people uh, in there. But this is a deep event. This is a deep event, and that's not even talking about people like Frazier and Capani who have run under under fourteen fifty this year. Yeah, I kind of want that chaos to happen. Oh, of course, you're an agent of chaos. Okay, so agent of chaos. Uh, women's steeple, women's steeple, Coburn, Ferrex, Quigley. Do we need to go any further on that? No, is that Allie abandons it, goes for the 10K, better chance of making the team. I mean, if you're Allie, what do you do? If you're 930, do you have confidence that you can have a 20-second PR to compete with them in one year? Or and like, or do you like and do you, or do you abandon it or do you stick with it knowing you're not going to make the team? But you'll improve maybe seven seconds, and the real goal is to make the 2024 team. So you don't want to abandon it now because maybe four years from now you will be that nine ten runner that you think you can become. And you just you know what what would you do if you're her coach or if you're her? I mean, you'd have two days off here. I'm looking at the schedule, so you'd have the 20th and the 21st off before the first round of the women's steeple, I'd probably run both, but it's tough to walk away from an event where you just made a, a team. But the reason she made the team um, in part was, you know, us got that fourth entry also quickly ended up getting hurt. But right now it's just, it's so tough to crack into that, that top three and you're closer to getting fifth than you are to getting third. It's weird to say oh, I'm fourth. I'm not going to give it a shot, but those three are so good in front of you. And Frericks and Coburn especially are so consistent. Yeah, I'd 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 give the ten thousand a shot. I would give the ten thousand a shot, but and I would I would run the steeple as well too. Unless there's some sort of injury or some sort of un, unpredictable thing early on in the year where one of those three gets knocked down. Yeah, there's also the factor of like, yeah, there were four people that went in twenty 20- 19 you could mm-hmm. say there could be four people that go in 2021 four people that go in 2023 like because you yeah, don't, say, imbi- don't, it, don't don't it, abandon it entirely like there's a chance that you know obviously they don't have the defending champion but like they now you know they can easily win the 2021 diamond league or the 2020 diamond league right i guess oh right right is there, there's no diamond league for steeple though so maybe there's no diamond league at large anymore for steeple Right, that's a good point. I mean, maybe that doesn't that. seem. I didn't think about that. How is that? Well, I guess they just don't get a buy, right? No, because the so so there hasn't been a Diamond League ten thousand, and there's just not a buy in that event. I mean, there's a buy yeah. for the reigning world champion, but there's not a second buy. So, yeah, it's yeah, there's no more second buys for Steeples. Yeah, it's advantageous to be in events where they have a diamond league. That's that's kind of weird in the thing like the two hundred, which I, I, it doesn't matter because Noel Lyles won it, so he has he's fine. But like, 
if Noel Lyles didn't win, that's not really that's a tough event to try to nope, don't get a buy because we took the two hundred out of the Diamond League for some reason. So, uh, yeah, good luck. That's a good point. Yeah, I yeah, it is. It's like okay, Ali Oshander, you're if you're fourth. It's like it's so weird. In any other fourth place person going into an Olympic year would be like, yes, that's your event. Go for it. All you got to do is move up one spot and you get on the, that Olympic team. But it's almost, it's, it, to me, somewhat similar, at least on the domestic level, to the women's four-meter hurdles, where it's like you have, to, you have Muhammad and you have Spencer. Or sorry, you have Muhammad and you have McLaughlin right there. Solid, rock solid, you know, the, the two best in the world. And then you have just someone like one step behind. It's like you could be the fifth best women's four-meter hurdler, but it's like what's your path to getting to Tokyo? It's just very hard. Yeah. All right. 1,500? Let's do 15. What do you got? Yeah. What do you got here? I'm going first? Yeah. Houlihan, Hiltz, mm -hmm. and Simpson. That's what mm. I'm doing. At first, I had Simpson off. That was my, my, was my wild take. I took Simpson off, be like, she's going to miss the 1,500, then make the 5K. She'll be the Brenda Martinez of 2021. That's what she mm -hmm. did in 2016. Uh, but now that Roberry is good, I couldn't really find a way to get Simpson on the 5K team. So then I was like, all right, guy, put her back onto the 15 team. So Houlihan, Hilton, Simpson, that's that's my result. I thought about Sinclair Johnson. Um, yep. I just – it's too much unknown. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if I did, though, if Sinclair Johnson does make it, I would probably take off Hilts. Right? Mm -hmm. So Houlihan and Simpson are just – so veteran, so much that you just can't pick against them. As much as you want to kind of create chaos and pick the eighth best 1500 meter runner to make it, you know, pick like a Corey McGee or someone like that who just ran a fast mile a few a few weeks ago. I just can't. Houlihan, Hilton, Simpson. Same team as 2019. That's that's what I have as well. There too, Simpson making every team going back to 07 is hard to bet against. Yeah, Johnson, though, Perrier, I'd put right there in that group. Kate Grace, if she runs the the 15, although I think most people will know. I don't know what people think. She could run the 800. I'll just say that. Um, yeah, I think I think Houlihan, obviously, is a, is a complete lock. I think Simpson is just below that, but still in a very, very strong position. And that third spot is a little more open, but I just like the confidence that Hiltz runs with and the fact that she does have that that closing speed. Johnson will be interesting to watch, though, because she's joining Bowerman. And that's they've done pretty well this summer. I don't know if you've been paying attention to them. Yeah, I've been paying attention. <laughs> no, All right, 800, no, no. 800. All right, you, you go again. You go. This is All almost right. chalk. First two are chalk. Yeah, I think Wilson and Rogers. if you're – not picking Wilson or Rogers, you're just being a contrarian. And I went with Nia Akins for the third spot because there are so many people there. There's probably about six or seven in that next tier. So I went with with youth. I went with someone who's clearly on the upswing of, of their career. Now there's someone even younger in the event, someone like a thing Mo, who you you could definitely see getting a spot. She you knows she made the final last year in Des Moines. But yeah, Chanel Price will be there. Um, maybe Charlene Lipsy 
will be back and she'll be there. Sierra Brown will be there. Kate Grace will be there. Olivia Baker. There'll be a lot of people in that group. So I wouldn't begrudge anybody for picking a different number three, but Wilson and Rogers are the clear, clear top two for me. So then I hope you don't begrudge me because I'm going with Kate Grace for that third spot. Uh, I think she she 99.9% chance would have made the world team last year if she would have just decided to run the semifinals of the 800, you know, mm-hmm. but she opted to yeah. like go all in on the 1500 and then it didn't work out. She got like fifth and like, uh, I think she's going to learn from that. She's going to maybe, I mean, but some of these athletes just think that like, uh, have a, a lot more confidence in the, their, their themselves than a third party has in them. And so maybe that self-confidence will make Grace say, I don't care about what happened in 2019. I believe I can make a 1,500-meter team. But I just think Grace will make an 800-meter team if she ran it. So I think Kate Grace can run a 159 low, 158 high. And if you can do that, I think that will be faster than an Aikens or the Thing Moo. Thing, excuse me, a Thing Moo, uh, Sammy Watson. Sierra Brown, all those mm-hmm. people. I think she, if she can run 158 high, you'll make the team. Now that we finished the distance and mid-distance events, let's take a look back at the the Bowerman count because you actually don't have that many. I mean, Grace is one. Then you have Houlihan in there. That's two. Ferguson Quigley, three and four. Schweizer, five, but she's the only one you have in the 5,000. You don't have any in the 10,000. So you have five... Bowerman women making the team, which is still an impressive amount. But I think if you set an over-under, it would probably be something like 5.5. Yeah. I mean, five in five events, it's one per team, right? One one per event. It's pretty good. <laughs> Average one per check. event. Yep. That, that, the math checks out on that one. Uh, I went, well, I have Enfeld in the 10, and I have Cranny in the five along with Schweizer, but I don't have Grace. So I'm at six. I'm at six. But you can see a scenario. I mean, if, if Sinclair Johnson gets on the team, if Merrill Hall gets on the team, you know, Vanessa Frazier could get on the team. They have they certainly have a lot of a lot of candidates for those spots. Let's go to the let's go to the sprints and, and hurdle events. Let's just start first with the 400 hurdles because you got Muhammad, you got Sidney McLaughlin. And then I went with Spencer to to repeat the team from from 2019. I also looked at because McLaughlin and Muhammad are so good in the 400, I just I was inter- I was interested. I thought is a 400 400 meter hurdle double possible? And this is how it goes. Do you want to hear the schedule? I love schedules. Sure. Uh, Hit me. August August first, 400 meter hurdle first round. This is this is Olympics. This isn't this isn't trials. Trials is 400 in the first part, and then there's four days off, and then 400 meter hurdles. So in the in the trials, it's certainly possible. This is the Olympics. Four hurdles, day off. Uh, sorry, first round, four hurdles, day off. Four hurdles, semis. Then the next day, 400 first round. Then the next day, 400 hurdles, final. The next day, 400 semis. Next day off. And then the last day, 400 final. So it would be, you never would need to overlap. Except for August 5th. When the 400-meter hurdle final is in the morning, Gordon, the 400-meter hurdle final is in the morning, and then the semis for the 400 is in the evening. So, the the, the double at the Olympics is not, yeah, it's it's not happening. No, it's not no, happening. One's gonna, no one's doing that. But the double at the trials is possible, right? So you're saying it starts with the 400, 
hurdles first or 400 first? It starts with the 400 in the first part of the event or the first part of the meet. And then there's that four days off because you have those you know, two middle days where yeah. they've been doing the, doing the hammer throw. And then it'd be the 400 hurdles for the last. Okay. So if you're Spencer or um, Little, do you run the 400? Yes. Based on what we know about the 400 now, which is we can get to that event right now. It's wide open. You know, Waddle and Jonathan's was awesome last year. 49-6, got fourth. But then there's a lot of there's a lot of question marks there. Because worse comes be worse. That. Spencer or Little, yeah. all they need to do is get like eighth, right? And then you're at least in the relay pool. And then you're like, all right, yeah. at least I'm going to the Olympics. And then now you're trying to make a, an individual team. Yeah. No, I think Spencer 100%. and Little, if they're smart, they should – yeah. I, sorry, keep – interrupting each other i think spencer and little should definitely run the 400 because it yeah they might not get top three but if you go seventh or eighth you're you're going you got your you're you're an olympian and now you can just take four days off and rest and now prepare to try to make a hurdle team you know so yeah and i think we all yeah and spencer's really good in the 400 she's always been really good in the 400 she's still really good in the 400 i think she could make the final i don't think that'd be a question because like I'm looking at the 400 team and I didn't, I didn't do this just to bother you, but I have Allison Felix on that team in part because you do, you, you pick Jonathan, you pick Shakima Wimbley who was hurt at world, but still on the up and up. And then it's a big group of people. There's people like Kendall Ellis in that next group. There's people like, you know, really young people like Lena Irby or other collegians coming up. But I think Felix is right Nicole. there with a chance yeah, Ocolo. Um, but that's they're not that much they weren't that much better than Felix last year, and Felix was coming back after racing like once. Like she debuted at USA's. I think that was pretty nuts to get six last year in her debut. And the event as a whole isn't as deep as it's been. So I went with Felix. I, it's it's a bit of a reach, I'll admit. Like I don't think she's the highest odds to finish third, but nobody is is jumping off the page um, in this event after the top two, I'd say. Here's a question. What does USATF yes. do in this situation? Oh, for the record, I'm going with Wembley, Jonathan, Jonathan, and Ellis for my 400. Okay. And you're you're yeah, going with fine. Felix instead of Ellis. Uh, so imagine chaos. I love chaos. The 400 hurdles, man, like you could be the best, but like, it's easy to it's easy to fall, right? You could easily trip. Like you could just be you could be in the yeah. best shape of your life and just trip on the ninth hurdle and like, damn it, right? So if Cindy McLaughlin or Delilah Muhammad were to trip on the ninth hurdle, right, and not make the team because Spencer uh, and then one of the other or and then Little make the team, would they find a way to put McLaughlin or Muhammad on the four by four? pool or would they not be allowed to because they didn't compete in the 400 yeah i don't think they i don't think they can i think you you can in the relay pool you can use anybody who makes the team in any event right and you also can you you use whoever finished uh well in, in previous years it was top six in the open four but now that there's the mixed gender we think that that's going to expand a little bit deeper to the top eight no you couldn't you couldn't do them they wouldn't be on the team. That's Isn't track. That stupid, though? That's how it works. No, that's how track works. That's stupid. Ken Harrison, 
Kenny Harrison didn't qualify in 2016 for the Olympics, went on and broke the world record. She was on the Olympic team. Yeah. Well, it's just like Team USA should run the fastest. Uh, yeah, it is track. It's no. how it works. But okay. that would be all wild, right? right. No, That's why I think all these 400 meter hurdlers need to all run. They should. Those top four yeah. hurdlers need to all be like, hey, let's all agree that we're all we're we're the best four, and whether we run the 400 for the few days before this rounds of 400 hurdles, whether we run it or don't run it, we're still to be the best four. There's no one else who's going to break our top four. So let's make a pack. Let's all run the 400. Let's all make the 400 meter final. Let's all just like secure our spot at the Olympics in the in the relay, and then let's have our 400 hurdle competition. I get it as an insurance. I get it as an insurance policy, but I don't think Dillon Muhammad and Sidney McLaughlin plan on hitting hurdles. I just I don't think their minds work that way, and they're thinking no that's just going to wear hurdles. out. And then and then you no do it. Right. Also. Also, the funny thing is, so remember when Kenny Harrison broke the world record and everyone's like, they need to change the rule, change the rule, change the rule. U.S. needs to send her. And then you know what happened when the U.S. went to Rio, went, not hurdles? They went one, two, three. One, two, three. Yeah. You, do you know what would happen if one of these women didn't make the 4 by 4 team? What would happen to Team USA in the 4 by 4 They'd still win by about a second. It's not going to. It's not going to be different. It's true. It's not going to be different. That's true. Remember that team. All right. 200. 200. 100. And the 100 hurdles. Yeah, 200. Weird event. Always a weird event. It's going to be a weird event next year because, let's see, Shana Miller-Webo may not run it. She may run it. We're not sure. Uh, Dean Asher-Smith is the reigning world champion. Shelly Ann Fraser-Price didn't run it last year. Elaine Thompson didn't run it last year. And on and on and on and on and on. So there actually is a chance for U.S. medal, just like there was last year when Brittany Brown got the silver. I kept Brittany Brown there. Cause she got a silver medal and even though the field was weak, that's still a silver medal. Angie Nellis uh, is, is the real deal. She was just behind in Doha 22, 16. She got fourth. And then for the third spot, man, it was tough to find somebody, but I'm predicting a comeback year. I'm predicting a comeback for Jenna Prandini. She ran her PR in 2018, which I didn't realize. And she of course made teams in 15 and 16. So this would be her, her first team in a few years, but I'm thinking uh, Prandini squeaks onto the squad. So I agree with Prandini, uh, but I don't agree with her in a 200. I think she's better than the 100, so I'll get to her when we talk about the 100. But uh, my 200, Anellis, I agree with you, Brittany Brown, mainly because I think the 200-meter event is the weakest sprint event for the U.S. So I think that if you're second in the world, you can make top three in the U.S., uh, it's not that deep of a, an event because a lot of the top sprinters are running the 400 or the top sprinters are running the 100, right? Like, yeah, that's just how it is. And then my my uh, big-time pick, which I think she's going to be the kind of the, the – everyone's going to be talking about her because I think she's going to – assuming now that we're having NCAA competition in 2021, which fingers crossed, hope we are. But if we are, I think this runner is going to be like a two-time – NCAA champion going into the trials, and that's Abby Steiner of Kentucky. I think that she is going to be the equivalent of what I mean, what a Jenna Prandini was going into the trials, what uh, Hannah Cunliffe was, or what uh, Ariana Washington, like all those Oregon people, basically. <laughs> De- Deja um, Stevens. Deja Stevens, yeah. They were like just lighting it up, 
and then go into the trials and run well or USA's and run well. And I think Abby Steiner is going to be that athlete. She's going to be that collegiate athlete who just who dominates. I mean, she's a, she was a sophomore last year. She'll be a junior this year. She she improved really well from freshman to sophomore year. We just didn't we never saw it because there was no NCAA indoors. But mm-hmm. she was like fourth in the nation as a sophomore. It was ready to break out. And I think Abby Steiner from Kentucky will be in the top three. 22, She's 25. A, a soccer drop, player drop yeah, you got the, you, you bring her up almost as much as a manual career. This is, it's getting a manual <laughs> career level, level uh, picks here from Gordon. Uh, let's go hey. to hopefully, hopefully she fares better uh, with your picks than, than career did or uh, Chris. Anyway, hold on, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Career's you have fine. to give he's me a little bit of credit when I said, okay, yeah, he's not 139. But when I said that career could potentially medal in the 400, you laughed me out of the – you you laughed at me. But he, he was in the conversation. He made the final. He got, wait, what, sixth, right? I'm just saying, career can – but when he made the final, you know in the back of your head, you and Lincoln were like, God damn it, Gordon might be right. No, you know anyways. He barely, Before that final? He barely got it. He didn't make the 800 final. You said he was going to make the final in both. Come on. What Brazier turn is what you thought career would be. I think we can say that at this point, right? Well, will you admit that? Sure. Okay. Brazier's the I guy who has a chance to hold record. Career. I think I think the only person who can beat Brazier will be career. I don't think it's Amos. He, I think career will be the one that will beat Brazier. I'm going to say that. If boys younger, the, yeah, the, the person so, who will be thrown Brazier whether it's in 2021, 2022, or 2023, or 2024, it's going to be good. going. Look, he, I mean, it's good. It, like, he's good. And it's, it's amazing to make uh, teams and make it to world championships in, in the four and the eight. Like, that's, that's impressive. He made the 400-meter um, final, and he's not a 400-meter runner. Think about that. I know. No, I, I know. But you talked him up as if he was going to run 139 because you actually said 139 with him. So you you put him. Yeah, way he up got on injured. Puzzle. He got injured, man. He got injured. He did get injured. Right, and nobody. Okay. No, he was, I don't know. He I was just fun. feel like if Donovan Brazier, if Donovan Brazier made got like sixth in the world in the four hundred, everyone would be like freaking out. It's because he's not don't American, you? so it's kind of like under no one's kind of recognizing it. But if a primarily eight hundred meter runner in America just decided to hop in the four hundred, if Donovan decided to hop in the four hundred at the trials. And gets like yeah. fifth in the four hundred. People will be like, "That's hilarious!" Like this mid-distance guy is just coming in and like stomping on these four hundred meter runners, right? And that's what Career was doing, but at the world level. You don't think you don't think Brazier could run forty four nine? I think he could. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred. I mean, the, the four hundred was a bit weird last year with Norman not yeah. even okay. making the final. Yeah. All right, we, we, okay. we, we, we hundred. We digress. Sorry, we, let's, let's move over to the women's hundred. Women's hundred. <laughs> okay, uh, feeling good about Shakari Richardson, ten seventy five, last year, and has run some good marks this year in these smaller meets. Next year would will actually be her first like, full year as a pro with a normal season, assuming there's a a normal season. Twanisha Terry, I have in there as well too. A quiet fifth last year at USA's, and she's run under eleven seconds. And in that third spot, somebody who 
was having a good year and I think would have got more people's attention. And she's a former NCAA champion, so people know who she is. But Micaiah Briscoe was still, you know, still young, 24, uh, won indoors. I had her as that third pick. But, man, this event, there's so many people in this event. There's no clear favorite right now. Well, actually, that's not true. There's Shakira Richardson. Shakira Richardson's a favorite. But there's, there's no clear top three. There's a lot of people in the mix. Well, if Shakira Richardson's the favorite, I'm going to look like a doofus because I don't even have her making the team. Because I'm going with Terry, which yeah, I agree with you, the USD star. Prandini, who I think will have a comeback, and she'll be good in the 100. And I think Tiana Daniels, who's consistent. Uh, I think Tiana Daniels is like the Mike Rogers of the women's 100. It just finds a way to be there every year. You know, not, does nothing flashy, but it's like it's always there. Always will make the four by one. That's my equivalence there. Well, she's, so I think Daniels, she's Terry, and Prandini. And she's yeah, I mean that's your worst. Uh, that's your worst pick, keeping Richardson off the team. But that's fine. Everybody's allowed one bold pick. I think. I guess I don't even really have one that was that outlandish. If, if my my boldest pick is Felix is going to make the Olympic team, which most people probably assume to be true. What about the high hurdles? What do you got there? I'm, I'm Harrison. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Kenny Harrison, Niali, Brianna McNeil. Mm. Okay. I went Harrison, Nia Ali, and then I went with Tania Marshall because Ooh, she's college. another one where, yeah, another one. You can always pencil in. There's going to be some collegiate who's going to make a run towards the trials. I may not put them on the team, but they're going to be there. And Tania Marshall was really good indoors and would have run, I think, really fast in Albuquerque and then gone on and been the big favorite outdoors. But she didn't, she didn't get that opportunity. So I think there's going to be somebody somebody new on that squad, and I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Marshall. So I'll have her making one of the most difficult teams out there. That's all I, I got. Like it. You got anything? You I got like anything? anything? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna search NCAA on Twitter one last time. Uh, I'm gonna make my marathon. Yeah. Why do that? I'm gonna make my marathon picks. So. I think Sally Diego <laughs> is going to make the team. I know it's like her marathon debut, but I'm feeling really good about Molly Seidel. Um, and she's actually wow, done some training. Wild. She's actually done some training with Alphine Tuliamuk, who solid, but I think she's going to have one of the best days of her life. She's she's built for that course. So I think I think it's going to be – it's a team that nobody's really talking about, a combo of people. The shoes won't be that big of an issue. Because you're going to have Tulimuk, Molly Seidel, and then Sally Kipiego making the marathon women's team. No huddle or sisson. It's going to be no Hisse. It's going to be it's gonna be crazy. You know, that, that little Des- bit Des- you just did while I was looking up NCA on Twitter, it was hilarious. That was, I'm trying that was to film hilarious. time here, man. You're film time. You're doing a great job. Uh, there is no update on this NCA more... <laughs> It's morning now. It's ten oh eight. It's ten oh eight on the in the Central Time Zone, and they said they would make an announcement in the morning. I mean, when does morning not become more? I guess it's not morning after twelve. That's when it becomes not morning. Maybe they're right. pretending to be in Hawaiian time, and they're just going to let it ride as long as possible to say, "Hey, well, it's the morning in Hawaii, and Hawaii is an NCA mm-hmm. institution." You know, that's probably what they're going to say. Anyway, Interesting. No update. All we'll right. probably talk about it tomorrow. Live from the Marriott Hotel in Harrisonburg, Virginia.
All right. Sounds good. Email us, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Alon for producing. Thanks to you, Gordon, for co-hosting. We will talk to you tomorrow.